We don't know how the election will uh, turn out tonight. Uh, Biden could win in resounding landslide that no Trump uh, propaganda machine can uh, refute. At the same time, uh, 538.com and Nate Silver give Trump a 10 percent chance of squeaking out another electoral college victory while losing the popular vote by as many as four or five points. But it's also quite possible Trump will try to claim victory he hasn't earned and then try to make it stick with the help of Republican-dominated federal courts and with that uh, uh, propaganda machine that uh, our previous guest uh, uh, described. So if that's our new reality, when we wake up uh, tomorrow morning, our next guest, uh, Eric Stoner, has some ideas about what we should do about that. He is a co-founder and editor of Waging Nonviolence, a website that chronicles the uh, almost uh, infinite variety of nonviolent campaigns and movements active in the world today. Eric, thanks for joining us on the uh, Independent News Hour. John? Yes. Different guest. Okay. All right. I just learned that uh, Eric uh, can't join us at the moment, but we we hope he'll be able to join us uh, before the end of the show. So uh, instead, we're going to be joined uh, by Yasmin uh, Ozir, uh, she's a, a graduate student at the um, City Uni- University of New York uh, from Turkey, uh, a country that's uh, had an authoritarian government for a number of years uh, that's actually uh, quite friendly with Donald Trump. And uh, there's also a, a secular opposition there uh, that uh, has run uh, some strong races uh, for um, mayor of Istanbul and Ankara and, uh, and major cities like that. And and last year there was uh, you know quite a, a a struggle where uh, the opposition uh, appeared to to win the mayor's race in Istanbul and then it looked like the their victory might be stolen from them. So uh, uh, Yasmin, in our current November uh, issue of the Independent, wrote an article called uh, "From uh, One Fragile Democracy to Another," uh, with some advice for Americans as we uh, head toward this uh, perilous moment in in the history of our country. Uh, Yasmin, thank you for joining us this evening on the WB uh, on the Independent News Hour. Thank you for having me. Right. So, uh, first of all, I, if you want to just uh, add a little bit more to the the story of uh, of what happened in in Turkey last year with those uh, those uh, elections uh, that uh, the opposition uh, won and then appeared to have stolen from them, and and then I understand they prevailed in the end. Right. Um, so as you were mentioning, I, I wrote this article uh, to share some insights and strategies from elections in Turkey, especially the, the one you just mentioned, the recent one of uh, mayoral elections in Istanbul last year, because um, sort of the main driving force for me to share this was my personal anxiety about what I perceived to be a uh, deep-seated sense of American exceptionalism on the part of some voters, including my friends and colleagues, that they thought, um, you know, they seem to have an unshakable, almost naive faith that elections could not be stolen here, that coups could not happen in the U.S., unlike in the rest of the world. So I, I thought about um, this this moment that we just went through in Turkey, um, that, that it might be helpful So very briefly, you kind of laid it out already. Uh, What happened in Turkey last year was that on March 31st, Turkish citizens, including myself, we went to the polls to elect mayors and other local officials in our cities. Um, As a resident of Istanbul, I also cast my vote. 
after voting, the counting process began. And as, as it continued into the night, with tens of thousands of votes still uncounted, um, the candidate from the Governing Justice and Development Party uh, declared himself the winner of the election and, and the mayor of Istanbul. This and sounds familiar. Like, right. <laughs> he was slightly ahead of his main rival from the opposition, Republican People's Party, my, my personal candidate as well. Uh, but there were unopened ballot boxes. Um, and uh, what was even more strange was the state media outlet, um, which we get the numbers, right, as they trickle in, as ballot boxes are open, abruptly stopped broadcasting the vote count. And all of a sudden, there were conflicting statistics and numbers and claims of voter fraud and just uh, a lot of misinformation that led to uh, massive confusion and disorientation. Um, and uh, voters rooting for the opposition candidate and members of the parliament themselves rushed to the polls to protect the vote and to ensure that every last vote was counted. Um, the next day, uh, once, and it worked, right, there were, there were these viral photos of members of the parliament um, literally sleeping overnight with ballot bags to protect them from being stolen or, or uh, dumped somewhere. Um, and then uh, once all the votes were counted, we, we saw the next morning that, um, in fact, the opposition candidate had won uh, by, by a slight margin. Uh, but the um, other candidate doubled down. He refused to uh, accept the results. Uh, Istanbul voters, uh, including me and my family, we had to wait for more than a month uh, while the, the principal institution in charge of elections, the Supreme Election Council, uh, deliberated on the issue, if the, the election was valid or not. Um, and uh, to our dismay, they decided that the election had to be canceled. Uh, annulled uh, victory by the opposition candidate Ekrem Imamoglu, and the election had to be repeated. So in two two months' time, on June 23rd, right, uh, there were new campaigns. You know, people had to get over election fatigue, um, sense of hopelessness, and and really pull it together, show up again at the polls, and this time with a huge margin. Um, very clearly, Imam Olu, the opposition candidate, was elected as the, the, the mayor of Istanbul. Wow. Uh, quite, quite an ordeal. And, and just uh, for uh, people uh, listening who might not be feel familiar with Turkey, Istanbul is Turkey's uh, largest city, kind of like maybe what New York is to the United States, uh, uh, a cultural and, and um, political hub. And, um, and that, that's an amazing victory. Uh, that the uh, opposition uh, managed to to win, oh, you know. I, I guess uh, in terms of the uh, sort of the uh, riding the wave of emotions around that, uh, you know, what what do you think uh, made it possible? You know, what were people doing and thinking uh, to to stay, you know, so grounded and not just uh, throw up their hands and walk away from the situation? Right. Um, that's where I think this case becomes most relevant to the U.S. Um, historic election right now. Um, obviously, um, when we look back, protecting the vote is clearly essential, right? Insisting that every vote gets counted, not accepting a premature declaration of victory, um, and, you know, just uh, using street 
protests, nonviolent civil disobedience, labor strikes. Um, but, you know, I think just really letting it sink in for the American voters that elections can take days and months, especially if recounts need to happen. Um, in such moments of prolonged uh, political uncertainty, widespread confusion and collective anxiety just sets in. So, um, you know, hopelessness, collective despair, uh, a heavy sense of defeat can arise. And that's precisely, I think, uh, what can ensure the success of an undemocratic takeover. And some of the strategies um, that I, I have seen in the Turkish case and other, other places in the global south that have fought against many uh, authoritarian sort of takeovers is to manage collective emotions, to keep the morale high through phases of uncertainty, um, starting with your own community, your own family members, uh, sort of helping them remain hopeful. Remember that elections are emotional affairs. You can't take anything for granted. Um, uncertainty is difficult to navigate, but not being demoralized, keeping positive and resilient um, is so, so important. And I can't um, emphasize enough that at these uncertain times, dissemination of misinformation is a real danger. So um, check your sources and verify information before sharing news with your communities. Fake numbers, right. false statistics, and false claims do not only misinform, but can can de demoralize communities and, and make them give up. So right. these very we sort of basic things um, must be kept in mind. Right. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. I mean, the last thing uh, uh, people want to become is sort of a, a, a you know, a, a spreader of, of not only misinformation, but a, of a... Uh, demoralizing, uh, you know, uh, false information. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, Yas uh, Yasmin Ozir, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening on the Independent News Hour and, and for your excellent article in the new issue of The Independent. Thank you so much. Thanks for okay. having me. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.